This episode is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we want to give a big thank you to our patrons, Kate, Prostaskius, Leroy, Tiana, Falangor, Spike, Chris, Konohamaru, Buyag, Starry, Red Dead Coquette, Logan, Punch and Potato, Jen Solo, Rajar, and Ty Monger. Thank you again for helping us to put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another holly and also jolly episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. I'm Adam. Happy holidays. Welcome. Yeah, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, are there other... Festivus. Uh, Don't forget about Festivus for the rest of that's, us. That's true. That's true. Isn't, isn't Diwali around now? Or was that back in November? I feel like it was kind of around. I now. haven't even heard of that one. It, uh, Diwali is uh, Hindu. Oh, well, it does. Yeah. Okay. I think I, so. I didn't know that that was one, but happy that. Happy holidays. Uh, also, uh, for for you uh, sticklers for history, happy Yuletide. Ah, very good. Right. Um, for the, you know, the our Celtic audience, our, our heavy Celtic audience. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, the Celts are awesome. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? Whatever your uh, excuse is, celebrating holidays is uh, it's good for uh, humanity. It's good for communities. It's good for, uh, you know, uh, groups of people to gather around and to hopefully not work too hard and to have something in common. Very, very yeah. important appreciate one another, have some fun, get, get some of that stress out. And I tell you, man, the, I don't know. I feel like these last couple of years have just been like, everybody's just been put through the ringer in, in, in a, in, a, in special kinds of ways. Like it just, you know, I, I don't know if that's, you know, if that's maybe just, I, I think just that me, that's, but. Uh, I, I definitely hear a lot about that. Right. But I also kind of hear that every year, you know, it's like, oh man, this year. Yeah. No kidding. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, mid pandemic, definitely we were having an, a time. Right. Yeah. But you know, we're largely done with that That's and true. we're doing better and yes, inflation's up, but it's also starting to uh, level off. Um Jay Powell's That's doing true. his thing and we're starting to get on track. Um, and uh, at least the price of gas is starting oh, just barely man. starting to improve. Uh, yeah. Although your grocery bill is still pretty rough. But yeah. There's, there's good reasons for all of that. Obviously we don't want to have runaway inflation, which is really the final boss of a country. <laughs> so Ugh. we don't, we want to avoid that. So it's worth a little bit of pain. In the short run. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, I, but, I know, of course, I'm in a position where I can say that, but, you know, not like I'm doing sure. particularly well, but, you know, it's well enough. You know, yeah. we have to have that attitude of gratitude, I think. And that's there sure is a lot to be right. happy about. There is a lot. There is a lot. Hey, you know, 
Speaking speaking of a lot, um, I got I got an email uh, recently and just in my in my personal inbox. that was from D&D Beyond mm-hmm. um, that I I thought I I thought I'd just read this off quick just because uh, they they sent out some some fun statistics from uh, from over at D&D Beyond that I thought were, were just kind of neat um, that I thought thought folks might enjoy hearing um so like like the the amount of dice that were rolled on D beyond this year were 187 million dice rolled uh-huh. on that site which is pretty cool 5.9 million nat 20s rolled 5.8 million nat ones rolled that's a lot of that is a lot of super success and super failure. The most popular character name. If you had to guess, what would you say the most popular character name on for, for characters on that site were? Oh oh man. Uh, I would say Aiden or possibly Aragorn, like just going for it or Mm. uh, freaking uh, Sephiroth. Oh yeah. (laughs) Dritzt. Is it Dritzt? No. Oh, that's just in the list. Most popular character name, Bob. Number of Bobs created 54,461. I'm upset. I I don't like that. (laughs) I don't like that. Whenever someone sits down to play a game and they present me something like that, I'm like, try again. Right? Now, technically, you know, even Robert Baratheon was Bob when you think about it. Old old Bob Baratheon. Old Bobby Baratheon. You are getting too familiar. Sir, you forget yourself. (laughs) Here we go with uh, the most recent uh, play test. story of Ed and Bob. Ed and Bob. Oh, man, that's a sitcom <laughs> with uh, with one D&D. Uh, all the play tests coming out. People have started play testing. There are currently four hundred and twenty eight point six thousand play testers. Uh, yeah, I would say you should be able to get some pretty good information from that. That's a lot of data points. Definitely. So definitely. that's good. One thing I hope that they do, uh, please get rid of the piercer feet. <laughs> really? I hate that stupid feet. Why do I, you hate it? I, I hate that. I, I think Slasher and Crusher might do the same, but I only ever see it with piercer it's it, it just slows it down for, for and it, to get almost nothing back. Right. It's like, mm. oh, let me re-roll that. And for some reason, it takes people forever to roll their dice. Oh. And it's like, oh, increase that by two. I'm like, wow, <laughs> man, I'm really feeling the tension. Right. right. You know, it's, it, it's different when you're like, I just I want to smite. Because that's a significant ad, right? Yeah. Like, that creates some drama. Uh, no, please if, correct the math and increase the damage by two. Uh, the, the error that you spent saying that, you know, wasted everyone's time. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> we that. have had we have had definitely our fair share of encounters where we would deal that damage and you would react. You wouldn't tell us the number, but we knew that sucker was down to one. And if we could have squeezed out 
one more point of damage that could have saved us a lot of hurt in a couple situations yeah but at the same time now you now the bad guy might just be like all right maybe we should talk after all You're that's right. true that's or true i surrender whatever it is you know there's potential for the, for there, that number there uh, is potential you so, know or they just release their suicide bomb move you know whatever it is yeah uh, that's true that's cool things can happen definitely so i i just don't like anything that slows down like lucky's fine because you get three of them yep right and and it could happen at a really crucial moment where like even the dm wants you to succeed um yeah you know lucky's fine i i just don't like things that waste time to get almost nothing amen to that (laughs) um apart Apart from uh, apart from our show intros, um, <laughs> so here here is a statistic that I that I read that I thought you in particular would appreciate because you're part of this. <laughs> Students introduced to D and D in the classroom mm-hmm. four million. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Like when I was yeah. in school, I wouldn't have even thought that would be like legal. <laughs> let alone possible like right. can they do that <laughs> right yeah i haven't heard anything like uh, you let those kids play that satanic game like nobody thinks that anymore oh right? thank goodness and like that's done but it was it played an important part of D's history right i think it maybe stays very very obscure except for all the parents get upset about it mm-hmm. so thank you satanic panic for uh that's not a real class <laughs> you know how much math i gotta do for this fake class mom i mean uh, i literally teach uh video game class and like kids uh parents are like what and like they don't yep. even care if your kids like not passing it right you know yeah they're like whatever i, I don't care i'm like I, i'm the same amount of credits <laughs> as this other thing the youth of today you know, the youth we, of today. <laughs> it's really just, their, their folks, right? The the youth are, are doing fine. The parents of the youth of today. The parents of the youth, right? Well, and to be fair, I, you know, technology and culture is moving at a breakneck speed faster than any other generation has had to do. Oh, and, it's freaking insane. Uh, so that pivot speed has to improve tremendously. And that's not easy yeah. for people to do. No, it's not. It's not. So, it's not even even for for folks younger than us, let alone older than us. But all yeah. right. So so I've got I've got five more things on here. I'm just going to rattle them off quick. These Same. are their t- these are their top five articles from the site. Number five: How to create your first D and D character with D and D Beyond. Yeah, makes sense. Number four: Monk two hundred one. The best magic items for monks. Number three, Druid 201, the best magic items for druids. Number two, free level 20 D&D adventure, face off against Vecna in an epic battle in Don't Say Vecna. And then (laughs) finally, the number one article on their site was Druid 101 Wild Shape Guide. So apparently a lot of people want to know how to turn into cuddly creatures and then itemize them apparently and then itemize them. But right. I, I don't know. 
I I was reading that. I was like, no, oh, that's kind of fun. I I like seeing I like seeing those kind of numbers and just getting some idea of the you know obviously a lot all those numbers apart from that uh, the Bob number that was very specific, uh, but all the other ones are obviously you know rounded one direction or the other. Um, but it's interesting just to kind of get an idea of the scale of the hobby and most, you know, for for better or worse, most other RPGs don't have the same reach that D and D does. Um, so it's, it's harder to get, you know, metrics like that, I think. Um, or at least you don't kind of readily hear about them. Um, but I saw that I was like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. So I thought that was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I do like seeing those kind of statistics. It's like also, you know, what's the most like Google searched, you know? Yeah. And they change at times, uh, depending on, on what's going on in, in the moment. Um, you know, so yeah, that's really interesting. I think that having D and D in the class is great. Um, I'm curious to see how one D and D will change as people are still sort of discovering the game. And, yeah. you know, I, I wonder if their growth isn't why they're, they're not calling it sixth edition right? Um, more than anything else. They're just like, okay, we're confusing people with all these additions. Yeah. Whereas well, we can just patch this game all the time. Right. Yeah. And we can just resell the updated book, which makes sense. You know, why yeah. not? If you make enough changes, I don't have a problem with it. Right. As, and it's optional anyway. And there's no reason why you can't just play three, five, if that's your jam. Right. Right. So it all kind of works together and it's a business. They have to keep printing to stay a business. Yep. Um, I, I just hope that it can be, it can become more accessible in a way that helps people learn the game while still having that level of depth that makes D and D special. Yeah. Uh, cause you really need both you, cause you need to get people or they need to retain them. Right. Yep. And I think that complexity is part of that retention aspect. I think um, so too. Well, and I, I think that that's partly, I think that's partly why they're doing one D and D, um, you know, in, in an effort to basically maintain what they have already established with five E because, you know, even, even without thinking about, um, the, you know, the, the regular people that are yeah. getting involved with the hobby, you think about the amount of advertising, the amount of influencers, you know, you look at like people like critical role and, um, you know, big, big media connections and things like that. There is, there is a whole lot of money tied up in fifth edition, um, and a lot of properties that are tied into fifth edition and moving to a new edition where, you know, you've now gotten these huge, you know, media fan bases that are kind of now kind of attached to fifth ed and how fifth ed does things. Um, you know, I, I I'm, think I'm not sure how attached they are, to be honest. I mean, a lot of these things that I see, you know, they fudge rules all the time. They walk yeah, around. That's the true. Rules. You know, the players don't seem to hardly ever know what they're doing in like a mechanical sense. They're like, that's not what I'm here to do. 
what mm-hmm. I'm here to do is to play my character and entertain an audience, right? Right. It's good. a performance. It's a performance, right? Now, some of them do know their stuff, but a lot of them don't and could care less, right? Right. And so then it becomes, you know, the the DM's job to decide what's important and what isn't. Yeah. Um, you know, I hate to to be that guy. I just it just irritates me to no end when when people struggle to to learn fifth edition when it's I I like it's so easy, <laughs> you know, like it's so uh, accessible. Like aside from a few like uh, arcane rules, like you know, like jumping and you know how the mo- what happens at the end of a jump when your movement speed runs out. You know, mm. there's like little weird things that are easy to kind of patch out, but the basis of proficiency plus ability score, it, it, that is so easy. And yet I just see students struggle with that so much. Yeah. Um, and the lack of, of just taking that time to read, you know, yeah. I think that there's a, perhaps a generational divide there that I hope we can overcome because yes, today's generation, they do read a lot, um, but they don't, necessarily do a lot of like sustained reading over time Mm. um so they're they're consuming text constantly but you know they they have difficulty concentrating on a single text right that that i find and and unfortunately that's something that as an educator it's something that we have to test for in order to like qualify as a school right and to right get money uh, to to educate them, and I just see student after student just. Hey, did you read the guide? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't read it. Right. You know, even when I assign it as work, it's just it's too much to ask. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I just I don't know what it is, but I hope that fifth edition or rather one D and D can figure out what is that barrier that's confusing people that will help them get in while still not alienating that core audience that is like, you know, that's been with D and D for a long time and they want to like theory craft and, and build cool builds and, and that sort of thing. I, you know, I want that for everybody. Right. Me too. Me too. Uh, sorry. <laughs> right. No, over. that's, that's okay. That's okay. You know what we can, you know, it's our, it's our last episode of the year. Yeah. I said, on my, we want to, we want to get that, Get get all get all the get all the rants out of the system <laughs> so we can so we can go into the new year yeah. fresh, hyped, ready to go, rested and refreshed. And you know, recently something that you and I both saw that I for one thought was spectacular and amped me up like crazy was the wonderful Christmas classic violent night (laughs) and i just have to say i i could not let this episode go without mentioning that somewhere because i that movie is a treasure oh it's wonderful instant classic yeah like yeah it's really really wonderful i really like it it's very much in the vein of like home alone but it's and in fact it, it pays tribute to it and it does, but it's definitely for grownups. It's I, I saw, I was reading an article about it and the, the uh, author of the article had said that the movie is basically like, 
it's a mashup of Die Hard and Home yeah. Alone with yeah. like maybe a little sprinkling of bad Santa thrown in there. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. And it is like, let me let me just tell y'all, especially for any new listeners, the Muppet Christmas Carol is <laughs> my all time favorite. It is it is dominated the top of my personal list forever. And I came home that night and my mom was staying with us. Um, and I looked her right in the face. And Muppet, <laughs> Muppet Christmas Carol has been a Christmas tradition. And now it's only top five. And I told her, I was like, let me just tell you, <laughs> it takes one hell of a movie yep. to knock Muppet Christmas Carol from the number one spot. And she was, she looked gobsmacked for a second. <laughs> and then, and then I will say I waffled a little bit and I said, or at least tie it for the number one spot. Because to be you fair, you didn't want to break your mom's heart. You know, I didn't I want to break my own heart. I felt like I was betraying <laughs> something, betraying something very like sacred. All right, let's, um, let's do it right now. Here's going to be a fast tier list. Okay. The top five Christmas films of all time. Okay. And we both agree that Violent Night, number one. Yeah. Yeah. M- Muppet Christmas Carol. I, I mean, honestly, for me, I tie it at number one because I feel like, like, oh the, my like, God. I, I feel like you can't really compare them. They're doing two completely different okay, things. Okay. Let's do it this way. Okay, S tier <laughs> is uh, definitely Violent Night. Yes, and yes. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Top and of I'll, A, and I'll and I'll throw one more in that list, which is Klaus. I love Klaus. It's yes. so amazing. Yes, full agree, full agree. Um, right, and then there's other ones, and no one cares. End of tier list. <laughs> oh, the the original Home Alone. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you could. Are you in the camp that says Die Hard's a Christmas movie? Because that uh, one, that was a little know, controversial. You know, I, I, I will say it's a Christmas movie just to irritate people that it say it isn't. I think it is. I think it is because yeah. at the end of the movie, a family gets together, and I think that that's the main defining feature. Yeah, yeah. You know, does did the family come together? That's really kind of the the main thing. Uh, also I watched, um, uh, what is it called? Spirit or spirited. I think it's spirit. Yes. Uh, I enjoyed uh, the heck out of that movie. What a great show. That was, that was really enjoyable. Will Uh, Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds are a great team. It's been a good year for, for Christmas. Um, yeah, they they were great. Uh, the subcat, the supporting cast was really good too. They were songs were where I caught my feet moving. Yes. You know, so many uh, times. And yeah. and I am I'm typically not generally one for musicals. Um yeah. but oh baby. And one thing I want to say to this whole audience right now is good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> good afternoon. Oh man. I I, <laughs> I did and not. And to my friend Andrew, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Dude got so mad. <laughs> oh my what'd you say to me uh, like, they pulled him halfway out of the car <laughs> that's just that was really good i need to go rewatch it um, okay. also there was the um um guardians of the galaxy christmas special that was fun too that was really good that just came out not long ago 
Um, really enjoyed that. Uh, I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. Yeah. New, new best Christmas song. It was like, okay, I, I didn't expect so many big things to happen in that movie. Like, like yoked Groot. <laughs> he was like, uh, you see him. He's like a freaking tree linebacker. Yeah. I was like, did Groot die again? And this is like Groot three, because this doesn't look anything like Russo's Groot. Right. Um, but it's fine. I, I mean, I like it. It's cool. It blew me away. I was like, oh, he went from awkward teen to like dude in his prime. And I, I don't like, want to spoil anything, but the best moment of that film is seeing what Rocket gets for Christmas from Nebula. That is the best moment of the whole movie. Oh, man. I you know was. About, do you remember? Yeah. What, what, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I did. Oh, man. I. Yes. I do remember. I, you really got to hand it to them. You know, that was a really do, good. You do have to hand it to them. <laughs> I, oh God, I, like I, I remember looking at it for a second and going, what is it? Oh, <laughs> oh, and yeah. And it, it's just rocket's face. is just so touched. I, I love it. It landed um, like she, <laughs> she knows she knew her audience. When she gave him that, that was uh, speaking was of Santa Clauses. Uh, I played Santa Claus uh, the other day, and you looked fabulous doing it. I did. I looked the part, uh, which is great and also depressing. What did uh, you do? What did you do to your beard? Did you have to? Did you color it? Tell yeah. me that didn't come in naturally because that would <laughs> uh, yeah, take not me off guard. Give me another like ten years or so, and maybe. Um, but no, yeah, I had to color it. It was this liquid stuff. I don't remember what it was called. Yeah. Uh, and I basically put it in with like a toothbrush. Yep. And, and I just, I just put it in pretty evenly. Then I, I just kind of rubbed it in my hair real quick. I figured I didn't have to do the hair too much. Cause I was going to wear a hat the whole time. Sure. And it was to help out my school's choir concert. But after the fact, I did sit in the chair. I did talk to little kids that were there and I, oh. and I told, you know, they had them tell me what they wanted and whether they'd been good and all that stuff. And had you ever done cute. that before? No, that was my first time ever putting on the suit. How, how warm were your cockles? Well, let me tell you, everything in there was cooking pretty good. I was quite warm. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Santa, it was Santa was sweating a bit, but I don't think the kids could tell. So that's good. Uh, <laughs> I also uh, mixed and matched a little bit with my Renfair outfit. So I like, like I was that we- scarf you were wearing. Yeah, I got I got that from the Renfair. I was wearing my Windwalker boots. Um, Ooh, I, I do like those. Those are cool. Yeah, and I got the really high ones with the cuff on top. So yeah, and so I had a little bit of green and red going on in in there the costume, go. which was nice. So, uh, I had a good time, you know, I, I ended up enjoying it more than I, than I thought I was going to. So, but it also means that my diet has officially failed. (laughs) So there is that, (laughs) you know, you, you win some, you lose some, that's okay. Uh, I can always gain some. That's the problem. Um, (laughs) you win some or you win a lot. You win a lot, a little too much. There you go. Um, you know, it's a good problems to have. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it's a it's a luxury. It's a luxury. And then uh, the last bit of news, of course, is that 
uh, we finally finished our log running campaign oh, venture. Oh man! At which was the third in a series of of three uh, full length D and D games, a trilogy, if you will, a trilogy, if you will, and the. Th- this third one went from level one all the way to level 20. And we even spent a few sessions at 20. Now, and I, I want to ask pretty you, good. and I'm, you know, at, at, at the risk of maybe ticking some people off. I don't know, but I want to <laughs> ask, yeah, was taking it to 20 worth it? Um, I mean, yes, in that it was a bucket list item for me. Uh-huh. Like I'd done it before. But it was always it was much more like rushed in the past. Right. Uh, whereas this one, it was like time was spent at every level, like real yep. time, like almost every level had its own dungeon. Yeah, you know? that's and true. That was a lot. And, and I do regret some things. There were definitely some lessons learned. Sure. From the thing entirely. I don't yeah. like DMing at high levels at all because I don't I think the game struggles a little bit. Well, uh, how how much practice have you had DMing at low levels versus high? Oh yeah, well, it's you a know? tremendous difference. But I mean, yeah. that was also one of the challenges that I wanted to take on, right? Which mm-hmm. is most campaigns fizzle out or they just end around like level twelve. You know, maybe uh, if your DM's good, right? Like, right. Usually, you get to about the mid to low teens, and then your game just comes to an end. Yeah. Right. Or everyone moves away or whatever happens. Okay. Right. Um, but you know, there it is all the stuff for level 20 and, and you look at like tier lists that people post, you know, various YouTubers and stuff like that. They like, yeah. they'll wait low level abilities higher because you're likely to run into them. It's like the capstone of any class basically just it doesn't matter at all. Right. Because the odds of you getting there are pretty slim, but you're definitely going to be hitting levels one, right? So what yep. you get in those first three, especially, are, are especially good. For me, I think the sweet spot of D and D is about level like five to nine, right? I think that that's, that's a, that that's is prime a time. really nice zone. For it's sure. a really nice zone because at this point, your players are pretty darn heroic they're very strong but they definitely have limitations and you know it's just high level especially with with spellcasters things just get absolutely nutty oh it's and, bonkers and so do the monsters frankly you know yeah. and and that gets a lot to to juggle and balance but we did it i think it was fairly satisfying it was people were also happy to have it be done but i think people walked away from it going you know, I definitely got a full meal out of this one. I do feel like by the time we we concluded, there was a a sense of closure mm-hmm. and of, you know, like uh, everything felt like it wrapped appropriately. I didn't feel like there were a bunch of loose ends around. You kind of let us drive the epilogue. Mm-hmm. Um, so we entirely, each, <laughs> yeah. So we each got to kind of just basically individually say however we wanted our character's story to kind of end up. And mm-hmm. there was at least, at least for me personally, there was a, a nice simplicity in that where it's like, you know what? After all this time, why don't 
you choose how you want your character's story to conclude. Like if you, if you want them to have like a tragic ending, go ahead. If you want them to have a happy ending, go ahead. I'm on board Mm -hmm. for any of it. And it was very, um, it was liberating. It was a definitely a no pressure kind of thing. Like when you were like, all right, guys, go ahead. I was like, uh, <laughs> but, you should have told me beforehand so I could prepare for this. Well, and uh, I was I was almost kind of glad that you didn't because hmm. then I started, you know, then yeah. I wasn't reading a script. I actually had to really think about it right there live. And um, it it made things feel a lot more heartfelt for me. Like like and and I I know we still haven't gotten to the topic yet. And I think we well, still we're should kind of into it we're, to be we're honest kind of into we're, it. we're we're edging into it but there was one moment in particular um that really stuck with me that yeah um that i that i hadn't really anticipated or even kind of thought about much up until that point uh, up until when it happened but there was a character in our game named zavudash and my character lanzavere would always kind of give Zavudash the business and kind of razz him a little bit pretty frequently, just, you know, for kicks. You kind of razzed um, everyone, <laughs> to be yeah, honest. <laughs> yeah, as as the game went on, I he he got a little more he uh he got feisty, a bit more let's a say. bit more feisty, yeah. Yeah. But there was there was something special with, with Zavudash and um they would kind of mess with each other every now and then. But as as that final scene was wrapping up after we had beaten the boss and everything was kind of wrapping and we were getting ready to step through the gate portal that I had opened for us to get home. Which is a, a great little like curtain call moment because people, everybody kind of said their last little piece to each other. Yeah. And then they would exit stage left. And by that, I mean, go through the portal. So yeah, it, that it, was... That was really cool. That felt like a nice button. Thanks. Um, yeah. And after everyone else had walked away, it just happened that my that Lansver and Zavudash were the only ones left. And I was I was getting the sense that Zavudash, who was a he was a, a wizard um, and wanted basically wanted to like study the cosmos. Like we were out in the astral sea and you know, doing all this like basically spell jammery kind of stuff near the yeah, end. Yeah, it pretty much turned into spell jammer at the end there. And I, I started having Lansvere talk with, with Zavu and basically go like, you, you don't mess with me. Like you're coming home. Come on, let's, let's freaking go. You know, yeah. like this is, this is not the time, man. Don't, don't mess with me. Let's bounce. And I, as I started having Lanzavere try to convince Zavudash to come back. I felt myself like getting a little choked up at this sort mm-hmm. of goodbye moment. And I didn't anticipate that at all, mm-hmm. but it, it went from this kind of their typical sort of goofy, like elbow jabby kind of, kind of thing to this very sincere, like, I really like you, man. And like, I, I want our friendship to continue and I Mm -hmm. don't want to say goodbye. Like, you know, we've been through this huge thing 
And I think, I I think a lot of D and D characters lean towards that, like sort of sarcastic ribbing. Yeah. You know, attitude, like even in the D and D movie, I was just watching the like trailer. Yeah. For it. Like right before we got it's on, got that, and, it's got those MCU vibes. Yeah. Right? Everybody's quippy. everybody's quipping and everything else. And so it, it is refreshing at the end when people are just finally being sincere. Yeah. And basically everybody was going around a circle and saying, I love you. Yeah. You know, and uh, even even in those relationships where things might have been tense previously. Yeah. Um, you know, and then and then exiting. And that was a good way to to bring it to an end. And I felt that both that ending as well as when you guys were level 19 defeating that that other boss, mm-hmm. um, you know, there was there was very much the secret ingredient being applied to those to, to those moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, where people were were kind of feeling the warm fuzzies, yeah, right, right after the the epic encounters, and yeah. uh, which which we want to do. Um, I don't just want it to be fear and trauma all the time, right? Like I do, I do like those those joyful moments. Um, Me too. Which I Me think too. is something that sometimes doesn't get as much play as it should. Yeah, um, not that it should be often, right? Because it you needs to have weight and you need to be able to feel something. Right. Yeah. And it's punctuated by all those painful moments of, of, you know, drama, of course. Right. Um, but I think we're also all relieved that it's done. Yeah. It was, you know, running a campaign that long. I mean, even, even just being a player in it, I mean, being the GM of it, like I, that, that sounds well beyond anything I would, ever feel inclined to try to do i mean Um, it's exhausting it's there's a lot to do and you know i got i have no idea how many maps i had you know it just you know and and i just putting in a lot of work into kind of the production value of it and trying to make sure that everyone was getting a, a quality experience that's something i feel is very important to do uh as a gm it's not that you necessarily have to all the have all the bells and whistles, mm. uh, but um, you should always present the best you can. Yeah. Right. And, it, and I take pride in, in what I do and, and that's worth a little bit of stress. Yeah. I mean, and rightly so. I mean, you, you know what you love, you know what you love to do and you set goals for yourself and you, you really push to meet those. And I think you, I think you succeeded with flying colors and I think you should really be, you deserve to be proud of yourself. Well, thank you. Speaking of which, though, well, while I have everybody and we're talking about that, that means that I now have a Monday night available. And mm. uh, I wanted to uh, remind everyone that if you uh, join us at the $20 tier, uh, that you can be in a, a full length campaign as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be one to 20 or anything like that, but you will have a beginning to end completed story Mm. and you will get a consistent high quality, almost never canceling. Although it has happened from time to time. It is, it is, it is unreasonable to expect otherwise. It it would be, but you know, I, I really do my best best to make sure that the show is always going on. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest, uh, 20 bucks a month is a pittance um, for for what we ask. And 
it's certainly not solving our financial woes by any means. Uh, but it is a, I think it's, if anything, it's just a gesture. It demonstrates a level of commitment to what you want. Correct. You know, we don't really want a revolving door of players. We want to make sure everybody else is as committed as, as we are and that every single person there is invested, you know, and that that's the perfect word for it. You're in that has largely panned out to be a good thing. Uh, my wrath of the storm group is quite good. You got I a really like it a lot. Batch of people, I do, and and I'm and I'm grateful for that. But I I've also learned something because by the way, our topic is about what we've learned this year. Yeah. Uh, so kind of joining it in because we've the whole time except for the Christmas films we've been talking about what we've been learning. Right. And I've just come to the conclusion that. Your your tip your DM right yep like your DM works hard and in response there's not always that level of appreciation and gratitude like I don't need my praises sung all that much although I do appreciate that it's just the gesture of I find value in what it is that you do yeah and I think that that's worth what you would pay at Chipotle once yeah <laughs> you that's know what I'm for saying. Sure. And I pay um, that at Chipotle <laughs> probably thrice <laughs> a yeah. month or a week or <laughs> whichever, whichever, whatever comes up, whatever. <laughs> I love me some Chipotle much so, to my wife's chagrin. She would get, she get sick of it. I'm like, but it's so good. It is good. I really it like good. it. I'm, I'm definitely on team Chipotle. Mm-mm. Um, but uh, not sponsored, but would be. If anybody Chipotle. knows how to get us a Chipotle sponsorship, this, welcome to Inspiration Point. A tabletop RPG podcast sponsored by Chipotle. Because <laughs> you got to yeah, eat while yeah. you play. Yeah. Yep. Um, unless you're DMing, not usually the best thing to do. Um, so <laughs> what? what else would you say you you learned this year. I I've also got a list here and I, you know, as we're, as we're getting closer to time, you know, I'll, you know, try to rattle mine off fast, but um, what's something else that you, you feel like you've learned this year? Uh, I've learned that I really like doing comedy and that comedy is a good way to get into like a one shot. I've never really liked one shots very much. And I think that, Part of the reason for that is that I would always go drama, right? And you certainly can do it, but wrapping up your plot early is easier when everything's ridiculous anyway. Yep. And so uh, that was a big lesson learned. Of course, we also learned a lot about fate this year. Yeah, we did. That was on my list too. Fate to to run my club at school, which I really have enjoyed. The students have enjoyed tremendously. And uh, it's a big win. So highly recommend trying that out. By the way, if people do want to, you know, sign up for that Monday game, there's no reason why it can't be fate. It can be fate or D and D. You know what? <laughs> maybe, maybe you would actually play. <laughs> maybe I will. Uh, maybe I'll make like a, uh, like a covert Patreon account and like, 
like back as if I'm someone <laughs> else. I'll make like a separate oh, discord. No, it should be. I'll um, make a, a separate discord account and everything. <laughs> I'll just show up where you go. Is that you, Andrew? <laughs> no, dude. Well, obviously, you can play, right? There's <laughs> you don't have to pay anything. Oh, um, sure. But I but I also I, offered I to want to uh, show my appreciation. Well, I appreciate that. But no, I, I, I wouldn't pay you. No. um speaking of appreciation uh one of our patrons that's also one of my students he gave me a gift uh, which was a um 25 gift card for hero forge Ooh, that's interesting and i might have spent the better part of a school day making my character (laughs) that is way too easy to do you're like oh do i want those hands or those hands these pants don't ah do they have anything maybe a little different oh yeah there's so much nitpicking stuff so i'm looking forward to having that done so maybe i'll have andrew paint it if he wants to show appreciation if because you send me a mini i will paint you (laughs) Oh, Mini. awesome. You, By the way, guys, you, you all need to know that this man is so good at painting. Honestly, oh, man, you man. have got to get your crap painted by him. So oh, I highly recommend it. That is very kind of you to say. I'm, um, you know, credit where credit's due. I was uh, I was trained by a fellow named Brian Merlongi. Um, who, uh, at least back in the day when he was teaching me, I mean, God, this was like, like maybe seven, eight years ago now or something like that. Uh, he was going by the, uh, the name, the iron painter. I don't know if he still does. Um, but he was actually the, uh, the, what would you call it? Like the, the resident expert, uh, for the geek and sundry painters guild channel series right. for a while where they were teaching uh will Friedel, who uh played the older brother on boy meets world back in the day if anybody remembers um he he would basically learn how to paint and brian was uh was the the resident pro for that um and brian was living where uh, where I was down in Santa Cruz, California for a while. And he was, uh, he was playing at one of the stores and um, I'd pay him for lessons. And I actually got to learn in his living room, which was really cool. Um, so I'm not nearly as good as he is, but I got pretty good. Um, yeah, you're, you're really good. And part of it is just that you have a lot of patience for it. Yeah. Whenever I paint, I try to like kind of get through it. Right? <laughs> you do. I do kind of just rush to the finish line. Cause I want to move on. I see, um, I see you rush, and I'm like, savor it, man. Come on, come on, <laughs> slow. You're like, no, I need to put more arms on the back of this ogre. <laughs> you maniac. Yeah, well, and part of it is always like, oh, I need to get all these painted so that they're ready for game time or whatever. That's true. Table ready, and you know, or is like, you're like, I can take all the time I want on this guy. And that's true. That's know. true. Feels good. But your the results speak for themselves. Oh, well, I appreciate I appreciate that that secret ingredient coming my way. It's, uh, <laughs> it feels good, man. Yeah. And um, hey, pro tip while we're talking about painting, if anyone has gotten any minis that are that have clear 
bits on them. Um, I I notice those much more frequently now. Like if you if you were to ever pick up like an air elemental or a water elemental or a character that has like magic weapon effect, right. like fire on their weapon or something, painting regular mini paint on those does not work. Doesn't work. Doesn't work, and it looks, looks bad, like junk. So, quick tip: if you want to maintain that transparency, uh, get inks. You can, uh, you can. The ones I use are the uh, the Vallejo. I want to say um, Vallejo Game Ink. I think is like the the series model name for it. It comes in like a set of like eight dropper bottles, um, and the inks you can brush them on and it'll basically tint the plastic itself without clouding the transparency. So you'll still get light passing through the plastic. But like I did this water elemental and I did like a transition of blue ink and then green ink and had it kind of flow together in the middle and you still can get the, get light passing through the plastic. So it really gets that kind of translucent, um, feel to it 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 looks rad and i fought against buying inks for the longest time and then i got it and it's like just that really satisfying feeling of finally realizing you have the right tool for the job right oh it's so good so just little tip for any aspiring Uh, mini painters another thing andrew learned this year another thing i learned this year that's true Oh, I know you made a bit of a list. So why don't you start uh, taking us through that? Okay. So I'll do the, uh, let's see. Um, Here's one. Elden Ring is great. And it turns out that I can, in fact, enjoy a Souls game. Mm, Right? Yes. Yeah. That was a revelation. It's it's officially my favorite game of all time. Oh, Uh, yeah. I love it. I've even been playing it again recently. Yeah, you have. Um, and I've, uh, I, I enjoy challenging myself with various builds. Uh, it is, although it is I, I have cool yet game. to complete a new game plus because Ooh. I find that I'm not satisfied with it. Like, I always want to start with nothing. Really? Yeah. So I'll make a new character and I'll play through it again, but I won't. I, I'll, like, I'll kill like Margaret in New Game Plus and then I like go, eh. Hmm. I would. I'm done. See that. That's the kind of thing where I I'm always very intrigued by the idea of new game plus and being able to like take all your gear and then wade back in. And depending on how they do the new game plus, like I thought that the that a lot of the enemies kind of get bumped up a bit and maybe get access to some new things. And of course, they're just their numbers go up. But um, it would be interesting to go in with your, you know, your beefy gear that you had the first time and uh, have that from the get go and see how the challenges are different. But um, oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's definitely true. Uh, part of the, my problem is I can't settle on anything. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so <laughs> that's fair that's enough. The problem. Um, uh, what else? Let's see. This year, I was introduced to the Dresden Files books, and I fell in love with them. Um, They are not flawless, but they are very low on flaws. And to me, they 
more than make up for the maybe few little issues that frankly I didn't even notice when I went through them. I only am aware of them because I was reading some additional stuff and listening to podcasts about it and stuff and heard other people mentioning it and kind of had one of those like, oh yeah, moments. But it's a blast of a ride. Super easy read, but lots of depth and like, you know, things to things to theorize about and like, you know, gives you stuff to think about. Um, and Jim Butcher is a master of descriptive language. <laughs> so as a GM or somebody who's playing uh, tabletop RPGs, there's a lot of verbiage that you can take away and a lot of uh, cool examples of excellent description that you could take from that. Um, so wonderful books. Love them. Um, let's see the, we talked about fate, um, and our, our fate school series that we did with, uh, Miss Tiana Hansen and Mr. Robert Hans, um, who were both a, an absolute delight to have on the show. Um, Mm -hmm. and it, that has solidified in my mind, the, the curiosity about wanting to just learn or at least get a feel for how other tabletop RPGs, especially even the more kind of obscure ones, how they approach dealing with different things that are like common to most tabletop RPGs. How do you, you know, how do certain games make social encounters particularly fun or rewarding? How do certain games deal with combat? What are ways that are there games that handle uh, handle big combat really quickly, but still in a really satisfying way? How do they accomplish that? Um, and and taking a look at different RPGs that are out there who um, like we look at systems like like fate, their games like GURPS or D&D, these, these big systems that can do a lot of things. But the tabletop RPG scene has a lot of like small RPGs that are very, very tailored to do very specific things. Like there might be, you know, an RPG that's made only for doing murder mysteries. And if you try There's to do one any- I did this year that oh. was that's called a Honey Heist. Oh, yeah, uh, you told me about that, which was really great. And, and that's a small, very specific one. What is that? It's very specific in that, you know, you are a bunch of bears <laughs> trying to pull off a kind of heist while wearing human clothes. And your entire character are- build has to do with like your species, but then like which clothes you're wearing. Oh, my God. In which you roll randomly because bears don't know how to dress. That's fantastic and that's I, pretty much the whole system yeah see <laughs> stuff like that and and when it was a great time we had a lot of fun i i'm i'm bummed that i missed it i next time you play <laughs> you you freaking call me oh, that I'll sounds like know. a blast um and and it's that kind of stuff that that a lot of folks miss when you know especially if you're just if you just stick to D and a lot of us do I did. And I'm already thinking about my next one. (laughs) Yeah. And, and it, it just made me realize that, um, you know, like, like growing up in a small town and 
feeling like, well, everywhere must be like this. And then you actually travel somewhere far away for the first time and go, whoa. And you're your your whole perspective on how you saw like everything shifts and changes and you have a new frame of reference for things and even if i don't love an rpg that i check out a lot of these are bound to have cool ideas that can at least inform how i might approach things in the rpgs that i do like and that i do want to run like just with how we uh just learned all about fate um like are you starting to to feel like certain ideas from how fate works are like creeping into how you approach D? &D? oh yeah the the fate points are kind of how i want to deal with um with inspiration points now in a way and and handing and passing around aspects is something that is can easily be added yeah right well, and I, I mean, uh, I think Rob mentioned that um, that when they were designing 5e, that they that fate points are essentially um, they they cribbed the idea for inspiration points from fate points that yeah. that that's uh, what inspired them, um, which is totally cool. Like nothing wrong with that, you know, looking at other designers and going wow they had a great idea how can we integrate something like that into our system that's the whole spirit of this whole dang hobby Mm -hmm. um so i thought that was really cool um interested in how other games do things uh let's see no D &D is better than bad D &D. yes yep i i live live by that one yep i you know when when we were in college i had the opposite perspective. I was like, bad D and D is better than no D and D. No, it's not. I just hadn't it's had not. bad D and D. When you have bad D and D, you're like, get me out of here. Get this is the worst. me out of here. I would rather be doing anything <laughs> else, but this, um, so that reminds me uh, something else I learned is ooh, that, um, I just basically want a DM. <laughs> hey, fair enough, man. <laughs> Fair it's enough. really the, the main way I have fun with the game. Um, I think the only kind of game where I would be really happy is like something where it was actually very combat heavy, where it's mm. almost more of a war game that had like little story interludes. Mm. You know what I mean? Pretty much the opposite of what you want. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it actually makes me wonder if if you want that partly because maybe you have an itch that just isn't really getting I think scratched. that's it yeah it makes me wonder if you just need to go get into warhammer <laughs> yeah no i definitely don't i can't afford warhammer i mean like need is a strong word i'll, I'll <laughs> need I'll is a strong that. word i will say that the hero forge mini that i that i made was based around basically a crit fishing build mm. um so i i made a orc barbarian with like dual axes and sure um i i was like this is a lot like the first character i ever made in fifth edition hmm you know it was like a dual wield build yes i knew dual wields bad yes i know crit fishing's bad i don't care that's what i want to play it's fun i want to run around and do stuff plus one dnd is gonna fix some of the issues with fingers crossed man handedness and stuff like that 
uh, we need to do the the Andrew feat, uh, which uh, used to be called Monkey Crip. Oh, um, yeah. I'm, I'm renaming it to Andrew. Oh, I'll take it. And and it's uh, you, you get to treat great weapons like the versatile and they become D10s. Yeah. And do you, that's do you, do you that's also a, do you also get to have access to weapons that are a size category up? Uh, yeah, but like you still you got two hand, hand a large. Yeah, you can two hand a large sword. I mean, technically, you do you can do it now. You just get disadvantage. No disadvantage. Don't punish me for doing something rad. But here's the other thing you can do. You can also just play a rune knight, um, and then you can you can increase everything that you're wearing and holding. So that includes your weapon. So your weapon should go from a D12 to two D12 plus the, whatever you get from the spell. Yeah, but I don't want to get there through a gimmick. <laughs> you want to kill a giant and pick up its sword. Got that's it. That's right. That's right. I want to <laughs> do it legit. Um, I think that's fine. I would allow it. I think that's great. Yes. I'm I gonna... will now add that to the feet. It's official. Boom. The entry feet now allows that. Yes! Okay, we're, we're putting colossal weapons in the game. Thanks to Elden Ring. You are going to keep Elden me Ring also D&D. lets you do wield colossal weapons. And I'm, and I'm saying no to that. <laughs> oh, come on. That's where you're going to draw the line. Well, no, that's improved Andrew feet. <laughs> I mean, you got monkey grip. What if we had like eight grip where it's like one step up, right? Where the hands are like super big, super like big. the big Mickey Mouse gloves, like just freaking, you know, <laughs> Oh man, um, that's how I'm gonna word it. You basically have big Mickey Mouse, <laughs> have big hand Mickey groups. Mouse gloves. Oh my god. Um, okay, you can wield anything that you can see. <laughs> you can, I'm gonna pick up that tree, you and I'm gonna you beat you to death with houses. Then, by God, <laughs> someone draw can, that. Here's here's my giant dual wielding houses. How does it work? Do what you knows? do whatever you want. No one cares. Whatever you want. It's a game. Nobody cares. <laughs> no one's game. here to judge you. Um that you know, that wasn't on my list, but that brings up a good point. Have fun your way. So long as you and the rest of the people at your table agree on how you want to play and what you want to do. And if yeah. it's fun for you, do that thing. Mm-hmm. Screw what the internet says. Screw what we say. Forget everything. If y'all are having a good time, that's what matters. Unless you try to take it to something like Adventurers League, then they'll kick you out. But other than that, (laughs) like basically enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Here's another one. Writing a proper ampersand like with your hand with a pen is very difficult making it like look correct is like writing the number eight not hard writing the number eight with like two little sticks coming off of it incredibly difficult (laughs) i every time i do it i'm like this this looks this looks wrong like i don't know how to write things like it's just <laughs> like oh and here is where he got really bad at coordination um i don't like it not a fan not a fan um i'm getting down to my very last ones um so second to last i have learned and this is a serious one um 
I've come to appreciate the need to be discerning and particular about who I play with. Um, this, this year has taught me that I've come to the realization and uh, the appreciation for the fact that there really are different types of players, different types of people who enjoy this hobby. Our, our hobby is huge. And within this hobby are a huge variation of different kinds of people. And just because you enjoy RPGs or just because you enjoy D&D specifically or Fate specifically or whatever your game of choice is, it doesn't mean that everyone is guaranteed to mesh and you don't have to. I mean, sure. Having having a, a wide range of choice in terms of like people you can play with is not a luxury everyone has, though, with the advent of virtual tabletops and such, that is much less of a problem than it used to be. Um, but I've realized that there are certain player personality types that I don't really jibe with very much. And that doesn't mean that there's necessarily anything wrong with them or me. It just means that I need to be more conscious and maybe more proactive about um, really being a bit more selective about the, the personality types that I choose to game with. And I need to be more aware of um, what I need out of the experience, what I want to get out of the game. Because if I ignore that, and if you ignore that, dear listener, it makes it a lot easier to find yourself sitting at a table, spending a not inconsiderable amount of time doing something that doesn't really feel quite as good as you wish it did. And I mean, this hobby can take a lot of time and a lot of energy and, you know, Putting in that amount of time and energy when you're with people who will say maybe have different priorities in terms of the experience they want to have versus what you want to have. If those don't mesh, that is a recipe for for bitterness and for resentment. And that is not something that you want creeping in to to the thing you do for fun, the, the thing that brings you joy that should recharge your batteries that should get your motor going um and so so that's something that i um that i very seriously took away from from this year um and i i definitely want to make sure i'm more conscious of that yeah i think along those the same lines i think i have also come to the conclusion that you you're not gonna change someone's gamer type nope you're not and and really it's not your place either Really, you know, if someone's brand new and they do some murder hoboing and you correct them, maybe they can fix that. Right. Because I think that's just, you know, when you're new, you're learning the ropes. But but when people have played a few games, you pretty much know who they are. And and so you just have to decide at some point whether or not um, you jive. Yep. And I think. I'm definitely the type of person that doesn't like confrontation very much. I definitely want to have peace and and happiness. And I always have this kind of feeling that, that if I just work a little harder, if I'm just a little bit better, that everybody will get along 
I'll win you over in the end. And it's, you know, I, I think I just have had to learn to um, humble myself and say, you know, maybe you can't always do that. Yeah. And maybe, maybe you shouldn't because that person might be better off elsewhere. Yeah. You know, and, you know. and that, and that's okay. Like just cause you're not playing at the same game table doesn't mean you can't be friends true in every other context it doesn't mean you're absolutely telling them, get the heck out of my life you're just saying you know the <laughs> way you like to do this and the way i like to do this are not the same and it just doesn't you know, really I, make <laughs> sense to try to you know fit a square I, peg I, in a round I don't hole. play these games with my wife much but we still manage exactly <laughs> exactly like my wife is so glad that i have people like you because if i didn't I'd be driving her up the wall. She's like, like, come on, baby. Come on. <laughs> play some D&D with me. It's my birthday. <laughs> oh, man. She's, she's like, well, I guess it could be worse. I guess it could be worse. <laughs> could probably be a lot better, too. Um, <laughs> all right. So so here's here's my last one. It's kind of a okay. kind of a two parter. But oh boy, this is this is something that occurred to me kind of very recently, actually, when I was um, as we were wrapping up fate, I've been thinking about the idea of like, you know, running that. How would I feel about it? How do I how do I feel about running more D&D? How how do I feel mm-hmm. about running anything in general? Do I like right, the yeah. idea of of GMing? I understand mm-hmm. how to do it, but do I like sure. doing it? Um, and I started wondering if maybe the way that I perceive GMing is perhaps a bit of my problem. There's, you know, we we talk a lot about, um, you know, GMing styles and, you know, really investing yourself in the experience and, you know, give it at your all and, um really trying to provide a top notch experience for your players and things like that. And in, I realized that in my head, I wonder if, if it would actually help me to not take DMing so seriously. Cause every time I think about it, I'm like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta do this. And I gotta do that. And it's, it's this, it becomes this monolithic, overwhelming kind of looming shadow where it's like, I, I just, it's just, it's demotivating. And it makes me feel like, Oh, if I don't live up to these massive standards that I profess to have, then I'm not doing the thing right. And that I'm doing a disservice to the people that I'm playing with. Um, and, just that idea sitting in my head makes me go, I don't want to get anywhere freaking near that. I can't. I, I, it's, it's so much pressure and it's, it immediately doesn't feel fun. It doesn't feel like a game. It feels like I'm signing up for another job and that's the last thing I need. Um, and tied to that is I've been thinking also with the idea of like running games and, and whatnot. I realized that even when I do try to entertain the idea of, you know, what if I did run a game? I it's been ages since I've actually thought of any kind of story in my head or even a type of story in my head that I would be excited to tell. And and it feels almost shameful for me to admit that. But, you know, I'll, 
I'll be, you know, driving in the car and just thinking like, oh, what kind of thing would I like to run? And I and I can't think of anything. I go, nothing sounds exciting. Nothing's like I used to be able to think of an idea or, you know, a potential what if. Like, oh, man, that would be cool. And nothing comes to me. I sit there and I feel like I'm drawing nothing but a blank. And it it makes me wonder if um, that's one thing that kind of excited me more about fate, where in the whole prep phase of the game, it's all collaborative and it's you and everyone else you're going to play with coming up with a, a foundation for kind of a type of story that you'd all like to futz around in. And it's everybody playing off of each other. It's not the GM coming up with their grand vision and going, sit down and let me perform for you. Instead, it's like, hey, let's get together and try to come up with something cool together and just enjoy each other's company and enjoy playing some freaking make-believe because that's what we're doing. We're a bunch of grown adults playing make-believe. And I started wondering if, you know what, if maybe what I need to do in this next year, and I, I don't know when or or if for that matter, you know, who knows what, what the future is going to bring. But down the road, maybe the trick is, is to not take GMing so darn seriously or treating it like it's this like it's this high art and there are there are people who can do that you can do that adam um yeah but i i started thinking you know what i try to do that (laughs) you know what if i just treated it like the game that it is and just let it be whatever it turns out to be and let it just kind of grow and exist and and let that be okay and mm. and maybe just you know take take my own advice and just go you know screw what anyone else might say you know whatever articles i may or may not read on you know whatever forums or facebook groups or discord channels or whatever and just go it's it's me and my pals sitting down and we're going to play you know a dresden themed game and we're going to pretend to be freaking you know wizards werewolves and vampires and modern day Chicago going all over the place, you know, dealing with all kinds of freaking mayhem. It sounds ridiculous because it is ridiculous, but it could be a heck of a lot of fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I, I feel like, like maybe I need to lower the, the standards or the, the expectations that I may have kind of subconsciously been having for myself. Well, I I think, uh, you know, your most influential DMs and in at least recent history, I would say are probably myself and Spike. Mm -hmm. And I think that we present a certain type of DMing that, again, isn't necessarily necessarily the model of how to do this right. You know, Mm. I think we both provide something that's different from each other. That's also what I would consider to be, you know, uh, a, a pretty um, substantial example of what D&D can provide. Sure. But not everybody wants that, frankly, you know, mm. even from the player perspective, mm. um, you know, and so it's OK that you need to find your own voice when it comes to this art form. Right. Yeah. 
because uh, I don't know what necessarily that is, but just a couple of things I know is that you're very interested in moments. Yeah. And you're, and you're very interested in positive feedback. Uh, you're also very interested in getting responses to out of game questions. Yeah. Um, you know, you do. I think if a player is looking for a lot of control and agency, I think where, where they can almost DM from the player seat. Right. I think you might actually be a really good fit for that. Hmm. Um, and so that might be the way to go. Whereas with me, that tends to be not really something I want. Mm. Um, because I, I'm ta- I, I'm incorporating what players give me, but I'm also doing my own thing. Yeah. Because I am going, Hey, here is what I want to present. Here is my art. Right. Right. And either you like that or you don't like that. Um, and then here's your significance in that, in that role. Right. Right. Um, but I think your approach just frankly needs to be different. Yeah. If you're to enjoy it. I think the other thing about you though, is that you write D and D as your job. Yeah. And so sitting down at the end of writing about D and D to write about more D and D doesn't make a lot of sense. No, right. It doesn't. And I mean, now if you're, if you're a full-time teacher, yeah, you go home to write about D and D. That's pretty okay. Yeah, that's that's true. And I mean, and I think that I think that's one reason that I'm, uh, you know, in investing in uh, getting involved in HEMA. For for anyone who doesn't know, HEMA is uh, an acronym for Historical European Martial Arts, kind of like uh, like the SCA um, or the. This is Andrew's uh, armored uh, midlife crisis, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, armored. Instead of buying a boat or a motorcycle, I bought armor <laughs> and a freaking sword, and I'm going to go beat the tar out of some other people who also bought armor and swords, um, and you know, just something to something different something to you know shake things up a bit maybe literally um and you know just inject a bit of new and uh some some life and you know i think that's that's uh that's something that we all we as just as people tend to start thinking about when the year starts winding down like it is and we start approaching the new year and we start thinking about beginnings and you know things we want to do differently and you know some people make resolutions some people think making resolutions is ridiculous and everywhere in the middle um but trying new things and exploring what what else life has for us and taking a look at at yourself and um and really trying to just be honest with yourself in terms of like, you know, and why am I doing what I'm doing? Do I really like what I'm doing? And if I don't, do I need to keep doing what I'm doing? Or can I actually make a change? And, you know, doesn't have to be anything drastic. Maybe it's just a little adjustment. But, you know, if if you aren't really happy with anything in your life, there's nothing wrong with taking a look at that and, you know, you don't have to do anything catastrophic and, you know, may, maybe you even choose not to do anything at all. Maybe you realize that you actually do like where you're at or you're or maybe you're just content or fine with it. And that's OK, too. Um, you know, that little bit of introspection is um, I, I think it's the first step on 
on the road to getting somewhere interesting. I mean, I won't even say good or bad or whatever, but in somewhere different. And I think that's something that playing D&D and RPGs in general really give a lot of us is that sense of exploration, that that ex, that simulated experience of being somewhere, being someone, doing something that you couldn't otherwise do, that you can't experience in any other way. Um, and that's not something to be discounted. I, th- I think it's very valuable. All right. <laughs> sorry that that got like way deeper than I like I thought it might get a little bit but sorry that I I snowballed y'all I've my bad <laughs> that's okay that's uh do you feel better <laughs> I I do I mean I just um my my goodness um I just I didn't mean to I feel like I just dominated the microphone for way too long um so my apologies. It's okay. for this that. was Andrew's confessional. I uh, I seem to have those every now and then. So go uh, light a candle and say seven Hail Marys, I guess. Yeah, and uh, that's probably fine. I don't know. We're <laughs> I you know I I just good luck. <laughs> it felt good to throw that out there, and I you know for what it's worth, I was interested in. Um, what you would have to say about all that, but uh, um, yeah, well, I, I think just again, it's just comes down to finding your style and, and yeah. finding your 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 group, which is the hardest part. It, it is, it is, and uh, it's worth the time to curate your group, yeah, and to not settle for less. Yeah, that, that's a yes. big takeaway for me this year. Stop trying to change players. Just, you know, again, curate what works and do that. Mm. And uh, everyone will probably be happier as a result. So um, hard agree. Hard agree. If uh, well, I think it's been said. So uh, I think that's all I got. Um, Anything else I've learned? Well, that will simply have to wait for another time. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. And, you know, to, to everyone out there who's who's listening um hopefully you've been with us this whole year uh if you haven't thank you for showing up and i hope you enjoyed the show we hope you enjoyed the show um for for this next year i is my hope that that we can grow the inspiration point family and to to do that like we don't pay for advertising or anything like that um so really we we rely very, very well, I won't even say primarily solely on word of mouth. We we need you folks out there to tell to tell your friends, tell your family, tell random strangers on the street. I don't care. <laughs> Wait, flag people down, drag them kicking and screaming into an audio booth. I don't know. Um, but tell people about the show if you would. That would make us very happy. That would be a huge gift. Um, I would, I would love to see people come to this show and, and find something that, that they were missing. Find, find some kinship, find some, some, I guess, uh, a sense of community, sense of family, um, around a bunch of people who not only love the hobby, but love each other in, in a, uh, completely appropriate way. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, and and I think that small and tight as our little community is, they're they're wonderful, wonderful people. All those folks that I read at the very beginning of the show, and a few people who aren't on that list anymore, they're all excellent. They're great, great people, and I am thrilled to have them all in our community. It's been a pleasure getting to know all of them. And I am thrilled that I could, that I could call all of them in some way, shape or form, my friends. Um, it's a, it's a really special thing that, um, that I'm very grateful for. Um, and I hope to see all of this grow and continue in, in the next year. I hope, um, we kick things off for 2023 with a bang and, that we all have a lot of fun. And in the meantime, I hope that all of you, as well as you, Adam, um, have a really terrific holiday. Go, whatever you're doing, go have fun. Enjoy the people around you. If you're not going to be around anyone, if you're just, you know, staying in for the holidays, maybe your family's like, very far away or something. Enjoy that time doing what you do. Find some cool games, watch some cool movies, go watch Violent Night every day for two (laughs) weeks straight. Every day. You will be a better person for it. Santa Claus has never been more awesome. David Harbour, major props to that dude. He is, he's my Santa Claus. (laughs) Oh man, it is, that movie is so good. So good. Anyway, I hope, and I think I speak for Adam. Maybe I don't. Maybe he doesn't hope you guys stay inspired, but I do. I really, I'm just done speaking. (laughs) I'm just going to ramble until the proverbial cows come home. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap it now. So like a Christmas present, like a Christmas present. What's inside that Christmas present, Adam? Uh, It's love. It's love. That's a secret ingredient, folks. It's not too expensive. It's not expensive at all. It's free. <laughs> it's free, you guys. What is free nowadays? Everything is a subscription. This show being on our Discord <laughs> is a subscription. <laughs> but this, but not listening to it. But not listening to it. And it never will be. And uh, love the secret ingredient. Use it. Because it's what makes the world go around, baby. And until next year, stay inspired. Bye. I can do this all day. (laughs) And good afternoon.